Welcome to Return to Oswald. I'm Derek. As always, I'm joined by Scar and Brandon. Brandon, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. <laughs> Scar, how are you doing today? I am great as well. Uh, I'm 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 happy about this episode. Okay. Um, this episode was what should have been the season finale of uh, last season. Let's just make that simple and plain. It was a good episode, but it was like, why couldn't this have been good for the end of season three? Like that would have, honestly, we'll talk about that, I guess. I'll ask that question later. No, it was real simple. It was real simple. If we're thinking about it from a mid-season perspective, it made perfect sense, like the way that I had said it. Um, it made perfect sense that everything will be leading up to what's going to happen the second half of the season. Um, and then it stops right before shit gets real. And then, like, they just happened to end the fucking season on it, and then it made the whole season but be, be and, like and, one big fucking set. But it wasn't a but big season. But in that regard, it didn't, and, and it didn't, it wasn't one big season. That's one thing. And two, shit didn't get real in the way that they had it set up. Like, what happened in this episode wasn't the race riot, which is what they were setting up for. It wasn't anything like that. It was something that leads to what will probably lead to something else that may lead to a race riot, but this wasn't that. Yeah, I mean, but you also have, like, the 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 justification of how they tried to get through the race riots and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I mean, so like, yeah, there wasn't a race riot, but now we know why. Yeah. So this episode was called "A Cock and Ball Story," um, and if y'all remember, at the end of season three, uh, Augustus has been thrown into the hole because he um, had a porn magazine between his teeth, like a puppy, like brought it right back, like he was playing fetch or something. Um, and so they threw him in the hole because they said that you couldn't have any nudie mags. And he was like, I got one. Nigga. But so, 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 so uh, at, at the beginning of this season, they make sure that they show you that Augustus cell is empty. But at the beginning of season three, they just have him. You know what? I'm not even going to go into it anymore. Just we are now two seasons past that bullshit. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot more. Um after 14 days of lockdown, it's important that y'all know that it's been 14 days of lockdown. The inmates are let out, and Adabisi immediately stuffs the gun into his dick. I think no, that was just his morning ritual. Right, every morning, just stuff it in my pants right next to my dick. Who I mean, cares? Seems, seems likely. Like this, I mean, you in a you in a prison full of dudes, like. He safety probably got first. the safety on. He probably got the safety on, so he's I'm, all right. I'm just. I hope he got the safety on. Otherwise, little Adabisi gonna be mad. Um. So they decide to let the uh, Muslims and Adabisi out first. The uh, Murphy calls the names of like all the all the Muslims and basically all the black folks. All the black folks uh, get moved into the lunchroom. And to his credit, uh, Vern Schillinger, who is observing his shit, notices damn near immediately. Uh, that all the black folks are going far, far away. And so he's like, yo, the fuck is going on with this bullshit? No, seriously. He says that. Schillinger is just always uh, questioning the blacks. They could just be walking around. They'd be up to something to him. 
It don't really matter. Yeah, what's going on with the niggas? What's going on? What do you mean? They're taking all the niggers. They're taking all the niggers. He sounded concerned. Like that's the that's the worst word of funny. Right? They're taking all the niggers. Like what's going on? Niggers. Haven't seen this since slavery days. All the niggers going. They're, they're right? taking them all. So they lead all of the uh they lead them into the lunchroom uh where Leo and the sort team are. Um and Leo tells them that when the lock when the lockdown ends fully depends upon them. Um and then they they pan out and then they pan back in. You see he's having the same exact conversation with the white inmates. Um saying that if the racial tension continues and he'll lock it down and they'll stay in uh lockdown until they fucking die for all he cares. Um I thought that it was a uh, pretty thorough conversation. Um, I think that Leo uh, took on a role of leadership and saying, hey, y'all stop that shit. I don't like it. I don't think the idea of infinite lockdown is the answer to that problem. Well, to make sure there's not a riot, he's going to make sure they all die in lockdown. And then after they die, the new inmates won't want to ride anymore. Well, why are they going to die? Because he's going to lock them down until they die. He said so. Okay. But like, they're not going to die like from, they're not going to die from the lockdown. They're going to die because they were going to die. Yeah, from no, the lockdown. old age. He said yes, they're going to be age. there for a long time. Yeah. Die. So they die of lockdownism. That's the part that I'm that I'm disputing. They're not dying from the lockdown. No, you could die from boredom. Yep. From being locked down. You could die from being locked in a room with a crazy person who decides to kill you, which is plenty of them in Oz. Yep. From the lockdown. Okay. I'll let it go. Mm -hmm. You gotta think outside the box, girl. And think inside the pod. The box is safe, dog. Lockdown. Stay safe out here in these streets, bro. Also, you know, somebody was... told me they overstood what I was saying a few days ago, and I just left <laughs> I just... Nigga, has anyone ever told you you smell like a hotep? Like, I overstand you, brother. Actually... Do you smell, do you smell like the nigga who sell the oils? Actually, he started off by saying, I understand you. And then he said, no better yet, I overstand you. And that's when I was like, dude, for real. You know what? You know what I always think about every time I come across a whole tap. There's this meme, right? And it's the the whole tap meme with the hat and the the glowing red eyes, mm-hmm. but it's a dog, and it and it says we was wolves. Like <laughs> and, and I always get a chuckle because every time I come across a whole tap, I can only think we was wolves. <laughs> past two weeks, we have been in 24-hour lockdown. Now, I'm not going to go into the specifics as to what caused this situation. You know it. I brought you together to say this. When the lockdown ends depends on you. It is my intention to put this prison back on a routine schedule. But hear me good. If there is one single incident of race-related violence 
I will lock you away again, black and white, 24-7 for the rest of your fucking lives. Told you, every time someone says fucking in this show, they emphasize the fuck out of that word. Oh, I mean, it's a strong word. I mean, it's, I mean, but it's like overemphasized. Every time someone says fucking, where are you fucking her? Like, come, calm down. Are you, were you fucking her? Like, is, is that how it was going? No, where you fucking There's a difference her? between were you fucking her, hey, were you fucking her? And, hey, were you fucking her? And, were you fucking her? See, like, every instance of the word fucking is super emphasized in this show. But what I'm saying is every instance of fucking can be a different type of thing. Like, are you fucking crazy? But it's also like... You can't be fucking serious. Or are you fucking her? It's kind of like when when your kid realizes they they can cuss around you. Yeah. (laughs) And whenever they say a cuss word, they kind of... Look. (laughs) Is that one okay with you? I I said... <laughs> I just said shit, bitch. Oh, I'm in trouble because the combination didn't work. Okay. By the way, shit, bitch was my first fucking conversation combination that I used when I was 14 years old and I was trying to impress a girl. Call somebody a shit, bitch. Okay. Couldn't impress anybody. Um. So, again, 14 days of lockdown. He said it. 14 days. We're lifting the 14-day lockdown. In those 14 days, Pearson Poet's skin tone has gone back to normal. <laughs> so they told him, he told him. No, Dr. Nathan predicted six months to six, a year. Six months to a year, absolutely. Dr. Nathan predicted six months to a year. Dr. Nathan is not the best doctor in the world. God damn it, don't say that because she gets mad about that shit. She said six months to a year, not 14 fucking days. Must be the cocoa butter. <laughs> um, she also wanted to up the volume on one of her patients till they die. So, you know, mm. maybe she was just fucking with her. But in her defense, that patient murdered her husband. Eh, that's not the same thing. It's not equal. When you're a doctor, you take a Hippocratic oath. You take that oath. Yeah, that's right. You take the oath. Doesn't mean no, you fuck. like the oath. I don't <laughs> care. You took the oath. Yo. You can't start no. making exceptions no, for the oath. She was not doing no harm. She was making this nigga go to sleep. Right? Mm. Forever. <laughs> but but honestly, honestly, in her defense, if she tries to make him go to sleep forever, it's really only 21 days. Mm-mm. So, also, Mm-mm. the lockdown is lifted and Khan's wife won a Supreme fucking court ruling to get Khan taken off life support. In 14 her fucking trial days. went to the Supreme Court in 14 <laughs> fucking days. The state, the state Supreme Court, though. State, I don't give a fuck. 14 days. 14 days. Lawyer, lawsuit yeah. filed. You know what? This should go straight up. All the way up. <laughs> No, 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 no. That wasn't 14 days. It was. So, no, the 14 days was when we first, when, when they took um, What's-His-Face out of the prison, and then they, they came in and talked to the warden. We don't know when they picked right. up. When the warden came, went and talked to everybody, that was 14 days. Oh, yeah, and we don't know how long it's been since. Con- well, we yes, don't know we how do. long. No, we don't know how long it's been since that talk. 
It's been shorter than 14 days. No, since the talk of the warden. When the warden talked with uh, with Franklin's the, mama. No, when the warden said, "All right, I'm, you know, if y'all ever, if y'all fuck up again, y'all going back to lockdown." That conversation, mm. that's th- that was fourteen days. True, true, true. Then okay, the next so thing we, we know, know is they we, just watching TV. We don't know how long it's been. Okay, since, so we know yeah. that Pearson and Poet was fourteen days. We don't know how long it was since she argued for crime. Okay, that's yes. true. That's we true. just saw them watching TV, and the way this show is, it could have been. Three weeks. It could have been a month. Could have been a year and a half. We don't know how long it's fucking been. Five new inmates came in. Uh, But they want Saeed to say a prayer over Khan's body. Um, And Saeed says, keeping in mind the drama that happened between me and Khan, I'm just happy that they asked for me. I mean, shit. Um, And then he goes and talks to Arif, and Arif is like, well, now that Khan's dead, somebody got to lead us. And Saeed's like, I bet you want it to be you, huh? Well, have at it then. I ain't got it. like, yeah, I want it. And and Saeed's like, go for it, man. I'm I'm through with power. I, I have my fill of it. I'm good. Which I mean, Arif, I don't know how he'd do as a as a leader. He's always been like the second in command. Yep. But you know, let's let's see how he does. If he if he fails then Saeed will step back into the role anyway. And if he but, does great, then Saeed is retired. I thought he was already in charge. No, Khan, no, Khan was in charge. But Khan wasn't the one that stepped to him, was he? When they nope. had that confrontation, that was... But but until Khan reef. came up, when, when him and Trisha were uh, getting together, Khan was the one who was making the allegation statements. And, and remember, Khan was, to him. Khan was the one that made them um, the march out the fucking kitchen. Mm-hmm. I mean, out the cafeteria and shit. Like, while he was sitting like there. Malcolm like Malcolm X. Yeah. So, like, Khan, Khan was firmly in charge at that point until he until he got knocked out and fucked up. So, Khan is the only leader that fought in boxing. Because none of the other group's leaders fought. No. Nope. Yes. But, yes. But remember, when Khan started the boxing thing, he was he the leader. not the leader. Oh, when he yeah. started, he was not the leader. So he became the leader on the course of the boxing, but fuck it. He's here now. Mm-hmm. You know? All right, that makes sense. Yep. Third round knockout. So Dead. So the next thing that happens is uh Cyril, while while Saeed is praying over Khan's body, Cyril's asking Ryan, is the man I beat up getting better? And Ryan's like, yeah, he'll be back in 10 minutes. Why and didn't Ryan just fucking tell him the truth? I don't know. And, and let him and let him try to deal with this shit instead of instead of just kind of fucking with him. Like it's not even like he's talking to him like he's a child. He's talking to him like he's tired of talking to him. Yes. Like I understand the whole when you're talking to a <laughs> child and the child says why like 50 11 times, but he asked one simple question. Is a dude that I hit getting better? Yeah, but you also know that he was asking them that last episode, the whole episode he had in the episode before that, because last episode he put hands on uh, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, which is why Ryan should have fucking answered. 
Exactly. That's my <laughs> my point. Exactly. Last time you tried to get mouthy, you got tuned up. So like maybe you might want to answer my man questions. You know what? Going forward, we treating this shit like menace to society. I'm gonna ask you simple fucking questions. If and for some reason he had boxing gloves in his hand, right? Just to be safe. <laughs> I don't want to hurt you again, Ryan. I'm gonna ask you simple fucking questions. All I want is some simple fucking answers. Is he going to be all right? Yeah, he'll be back in 10 minutes. Gloves on. <laughs> oh, the gloves are on. The love is gone. Um, he says, Cyril, go the fuck to sleep. That's what he said. So then he tried to go to sleep. And as soon as he went to sleep, Kong was taking off life support because I guess this all happened at like midnight. Well, I don't know what time prisoners go to sleep. I know from watching uh, 60 Days In that those fuckers get up at like 4 o'clock in the morning. So... It, it probably could have coincided with one of their prayers. Because, you know, they pray like seven times a day. True. Um, but as, as Khan is taking off life support, Cyril then has a dream that Khan talks to him. Real lucid dream, too. Mm-hmm. Cyril wakes up screaming, and now Ryan is concerned, and now he wants to go to Sister Pete. And uh, what can we do about, you know about Cyril's bad dreams and sister P's like, well, we can up the, 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 uh, the dosage of the Valium that he gets. And he's like, well, no, uh, I'll do anything. So sister Pete is like, yo, I could put you into the program that I had Miguel in and y'all could talk to Miss Nathan. Killed me, Cyril. I didn't mean to. Then what about him? Who's that? Is Preston Nathan, Gloria's husband. We're never gonna leave you, Cyril. We're gonna be right here inside your head forever. For all eternity. I'm not gonna lie, I record a little bit. My brother Cyril, you know, he keeps on having those terrible nightmares. The Valium is not helping him to sleep. No, I mean, we gotta try something else. As I said before, the nightmares are rooted in his guilt for causing those deaths. Yeah. And the cure for your brother is to alleviate his guilt. And in the case of uh, Hamid Khan, I'm not even sure that's possible. However, with Gloria Nathan's husband... I'll do anything, anything. You heard about the interaction program I started. Victims and or victims' family sit down with the person who hurt them and talk. Talk about what? Their feelings, their anger, whatever. And the guilty person gets a chance to express remorse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sign Cyril up for that program. Wait thing. a minute. Both of you. What? I am not about to ask Gloria and Preston's parents to join us unless you both participate. Yeah, I got no problem with that. You know who does have a problem with it? Dr. Nathan. Dr. Nathan is like, fuck them both in the face. I'm not doing this so that fucker could feel better. 
I, I recalled a little bit when he woke up screaming like that. That, sh- that shit. You, you know what I noticed while you were recoiling? Um, I mean, if, if you want somebody to, you know, give you some value so you can sleep better. I mean, I'm sorry if that scared you. No, I don't have no trouble. I don't have no problem sleeping. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, ain't got I'm no, sorry. I ain't got no guilt. I'm fucking dope. I'm sorry. So <laughs> one thing I noticed while that whole scene was going on, that the part that scared Scar, because um, it happened. Why are the downstairs pods? Why do they have solid walls, concrete walls between them? But the upstairs pods, the side walls are all glass, so they can like see into each other's pods and shit. Because the upstairs is a renovation. I mean, the upstairs is new, and downstairs is a renovation. You get to work with what you had. I guess just. Ish. Yeah, it probably was. It probably was regular cells converted to the glass. But like I said uh, before, I went into that that side thought. Um, Sister Pete goes to Doctor Nathan, and Doctor Nathan's like, "Fuck you, fuck no, fuck that." No, absolutely not. I can't even be in the same room with the O'Reilly brothers. Makes my skin crawl. This is a chance to put the past to rest. I could give a shit about Cyril O'Reilly sleeping better. Hello, because you will have dosage of Valium. Maybe he'll sleep permanently. Gloria, this is not about Cyril, and you know it. This could give Preston's mom and dad a chance to have closure. You could have closure. Closure? People always think I'm a nurse. No matter how many times they hear me referred to as Dr. Nathan, they call out to me, hey, nurse. Now, I don't know if that's because I'm a woman or Latina. Maybe I'm just too goddamn nice to be a doctor. Does this mean you'll do it? It means I'm not taking shit from anyone anymore. We're not gonna take it. That was a really weird scene. It was. Even though, you know, it could be plausible that that happens. But I like to judge TV shows and movies by what the TV shows and the movies tell me, show me. And I have not heard a single person in Oz in three seasons call her Nurse Nathan. Everyone calls her Dr. Nathan. True. Even the inmates. True. Even the shitty fucking, in the, in the context of the show, what they consider to be the most horrible people on the planet. All of them say Dr. Nathan. So who are the people that's calling you Nurse? Your actual friends? <laughs> her parents, her family. <laughs> so, like, I was so when I heard that, I was just like, you know, that's a that's something that would happen in real life, but in the context of the show, everyone calls you doctor. So, I'm not understanding this. Yeah, it just came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So she's like, I'm taking up for myself, and also her husband looked old as shit like her no, uh, why is he the most plain looking fucking dude ever he's that's just what like, she's attracted to look at mcmanus he's like but he husband, looked like he was sister pete's age yeah her husband looked like just random dude on the street in gta like it was <laughs> <laughs> just a random dude like you know what i mean like watch where you're fucking going over there like he, like, he just he looks like that guy so um, you accidentally roll up on the curve. And so after uh, Dr. Nathan refuses to see them, Ryan cuts himself so he could see her anyway, because what the fuck is consent, really? 
Like, I love that he came to Daenerys. What the fuck happened? Ryan cut us off. Like they Both of them said at the same time. They all said at the same time. Like, Ryan you ain't getting us for shit. They cut, he cut himself. He did no. that to himself. Um, he goes in there and he's like, yo, uh, like, just wasting conversation. I, I hate when that happens. I hate when a conversation could happen and you just waste the opportunity. He goes in there and he's like, so when you wrapped up Khan, did you put him into a sheet? I just want to know because the way my brother killed him, it was fucking fair. It was a fair fight, Gloria. It was a fair fight. Yeah, it was. Why the fuck? That why why is that important to you? Did you wrap him in a sheet? I think what he's saying is like, my brother didn't try to kill that man on purpose. He was just fighting. Yeah, he could have said all that without saying, did you wrap him in a sheet? But that ain't the reason why you talking to her. Oh, no, not at all. The reason why he's talking to her is because hey, <laughs> I'm sprung. Come yeah. get me. And that's the reason why his brother is in that place in the first place is because mm-hmm. of your ass. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Boy, so uh, this rando inmate after that name, McCollum, committed suicide in solitary. This motherfucker bit into his skin, chewing off chunks of muscle over the course of a week or so, causing himself to bleed out. It was nasty looking. Yo, how fucked up are you that you can chew yourself to death? Oh, no. How fucked up are you that nobody, how fucked up are the COs and nobody notices it? Yeah, because it's not like... That's because like, I said it's over the span of a week. Yeah, so like, who, why did no one notice that? I mean, every day, you know, you see you see how open up the fucking call everybody name and shit. Bevilacqua! Oh, that nigga. Um, yeah, so uh, this is the third suicide in solitary in two years. Four, if you count the attempt by, uh, by Miguel. And mm-hmm. so... Murphy, who's a good CO, suggests giving the inmates in solitary an hour each erect time, and Claire don't like that. <laughs> no. She, she like, which one of y'all gonna volunteer to stand with these motherfuckers? <laughs> and then, and then, what's up happened? She was standing there waiting for them when they came back, like, mm-hmm. And so the way that they went about, the way they go about doing it is they just call the inmates out in the line, they come out and they handcuff them Basically, with about a, would y'all say two feet, two feet of chain in between them or one foot of chain in between them? I say two feet. I would say two. I would say closer yeah. to two. So two feet of chain in between them. They're, they're handcuffed at the, at the wrists. Um, and their feet too, right? And their feet. And so then they go out to the yard. They get an hour out in the yard and all they get to do is walk in a fucking circle like a choo-choo train. Shit's pathetic. Um Another instance of which is what's about to happen. Another instance where having fucking cameras in that room would have done wonders. Would have done wonders. But Bevilacqua was convicted. This dude who she'd been saying his name, calling his name out for a whole season, we finally find out about him, which means he's going to die. That's literally the rule. Yep. Either you're going to be a part of the story or you're going to fucking die. There's no in between when they tell what your backstory is. But Bevilacqua was convicted on 4299 of murder in the second degree. He was sentenced to 25 years and he's up for parole in 12. He also just fucking happens to be Carlo Ricardo's cousin. 
and he's formulating a plan to get to Miguel, who killed Ricardo. The, the most coincidence of coincidences. All the coincidences. And it gets even more coincidence. Isn't that convenient? And then I, I'm going to have some questions in a second. Else, he writes a, a note to uh, El Cid to ask whether he should put the green light out on uh, on uh, Miguel. And El Cid's like, fuck yeah, get rid of Michael. And so the next time they're in the circle walking in the gym for their one hour rec time, um, Bevilacqua, who uh, Miguel calls Waterman, <laughs> Aquaman, he calls him Aquaman. I right. thought that was funny. But when they have their one hour of time walking with one another, um, Bevilacqua and Miguel finally have a conversation. Hey, Aquaman. I got a funny story to tell you about. You know, Glenn started giving me a hassle about who raped his daughter. So he put me in solitary. I told him Carlo did it. Carlo wasn't there. Yeah, no. What do you think will happen when Glenn finds out you raped this kid? All the goodwill out the door. So, Bevilacqua has a shank in his back, in, in the back of his pants, and he's about to pull it out and stab uh, Miguel, who's literally right in front of him and can't really do shit about it. But Giles is right behind Bevilacqua. <laughs> so, when he lifts up his shirt, he was like, Gotcha, bitch. <laughs> he pulls the shank before he could pull his own shank out of his pants and stabs him twice in the neck. And then, just for good. Good Samaritan points. He stabs the fuck out of Miguel, too. He had a good reason. He had a great reason. None and of this also, made any sense. No, it doesn't. Why would Miguel tell him the other dude killed? Why would he tell the other? Why would he tell Glenn that the dude, the other dude he killed did like raped his daughter? Maybe when the dude thought- who actually raped his daughter is there. Also, I think maybe he thought that saying that like your 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 daughter's rapist was here. I took care of him. Now look out for your boy. Also, highly, highly, highly coincidental that this show where they have inmates coming from, it seems like all over the fucking place, have not one, not two, but three fucking inmates that all live in the same fucking neighborhood and they all live in the same neighborhood as the warden. Well, they just live in New York. <laughs> yeah, that's just New York. <laughs> We're guessing. Could that's just Seattle. New York. That's just New York. No, we said that this, we, we surmised. I thought it was Jersey. That, that it, it was most likely New York, but it could be New Jersey, New York. It's Joysy. It's Joysy, people. New Jersey is basically New York's son in the first place. Yeah, it's got to be around New York because didn't McManus say his daddy worked at Attica? Yes, very much so. That is true. But I don't understand that at all. And then this scene, like, why would you like? (laughs) You're saying that while you're doing Ring Around the Rosie. Mm-hmm. Like you can't turn around and look at her. You being dragged. The person like, even if you didn't have walking. a shank, even if you didn't have a shank, 
He could have put you in a sleeper hole, choked you out, put you in a Taz mission. He's right there. That would have took too long. Not really. He could have choked you out with the chain he had. Unless he unless he really got behind you and snapped your neck. I mean, That's just walk up close to you. It ain't like he could do anything. He's behind you. He's only a foot in front of him. Right? Yeah. But I think trying to choke him out takes too long. Snap his neck and go about your business. So, um, Alvarez in intensive care. Bevilacqua's dead. Uh, they go to see Guile to see what happened. And Claire's like, see? <laughs> Are we still going to do this shit? And Glenn is like, nah, we going to move you to another fucking we move you to another area, fam. Which I don't know if that's a punishment or if it's just like, yo, stay safe. But I feel like it was a punishment the way he said it. I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess, I mean, that place where she was being over solitaire and stuff like that is kind of the safest place for her to be. Exactly. So now, uh, Leo and Sister Pete go to see Giles, and he speaks in straight-up riddles, but he does say that he hates liars. He's killed, but he never lies. Um, and El Cid wants Chico to kill Alvarez now. Alvarez what was is in, he on death row for again? Uh, he killed the person who killed Sister uh, Sister Pete's husband. And that got him on death All the people in Oz that killed people or multiple people, and they now on death row, but this white man is on death row? Yep. he got Because he got caught. And it was the fifty. All it was the a people. Different time. I, how many videos have we seen? He's on. He's in here for double murder. He murdered three people. He murdered a person. But he murdered somebody. In and he's not on death row. He's in solitary. He's There's in a solitary. difference. He 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 murdered. Oh, was not in death row. No, they're in solitary. Oh, oh yeah, he's in solitary. So right. and and he murdered someone in Oz. That's the catch. Okay. Yeah. No. They're in. Yeah. He mur- he murdered he murdered her her husband's killer. In Oz, because he and mostly because he knew, and two, he was fucking with his tooth, uh, his uh, his dental supplies. Yes. So, and when we get to Giles, they don't even show that big ass box of toothbrushes and shit. Aim, uh, aim, aim! Stop hitting the fucking side of the toilet! Aim! <laughs> <laughs> so now El Cid wants Chico to kill Alvarez. Alvarez is in the medical ward after getting stabbed in his side. Uh, Schillinger gets a letter and picture of his sons, um, and it made him miss his younger son, Hank. Keep that in mind. His younger son, Hank, because his older son was Andrew, who's now dead. And so he's talking to uh, Robeson about his sons, and then he just throws the fucking picture away because... I remember this shit. Uh, however, Beecher gets a letter from his grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> and this shit is just petty. Beecher got a letter from his grandmother and uh it didn't it didn't make it through it didn't make it through the records. Uh, let us let us say some fucked up shit, dog. It was from my grandmother. Man. It's empty. Yeah. We had to confiscate the contents. A letter from my grandmother? What could have possibly been in here that you'd have to confiscate it? Well, if I told you, then you'd know. <laughs> I am, I'm just hoping, and like, he calls someone Mark. Like, oh, my God. He hasn't called anyone Mark yet. I need, some, I need someone to be called Mark. So then after that, uh, 
Toby Beecher is in the uh, he's in the counseling office, Sister Pete's counseling office. Either Ray comes in, he's like, "Yo, where's Sister Pete at?" Toby's like, "Well, she went to see her uh, psychiatrist." Ray is like, "Oh, she got a psychiatrist?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah, he she does. You you, you ain't know?" <laughs> and uh, Ray's My like, "No, no, I didn't know." A better question should have been, "Why the fuck are you in here unsupervised?" Well, we already know that you'll fuck with somebody's records. That was a better question. Did he ever get caught fucking with the records, though? No, he's too smart for that shit. Um, but then Ray tells Beecher that, you know, the shit between you and Schillinger, that's play. It's really none of my business. How are you doing, Tobias? Uh, you know... Yeah. Any more trouble with Vern Schillinger? Well, there's always going to be trouble. At least until one of us ends up in the morgue. Oh, no, I don't believe that. I know that the two of you caused each other massive amounts of pain over the years, but there's got to be a way to call a truce. You got to forgive Schillinger. I tried that, and I ended up bleeding internally. If it wasn't for Chris Keller, I'd be dead. Well, how did you let him know that you forgave him? How? I told him to his face. Well, maybe this time you don't tell him. Maybe this time he just knows. So, any ideas? You must do something absolutely extraordinary for Shannon. But you must never tell him that you did it. Well, then how's he gonna know? All these things have a way of revealing themselves. But when Schillinger does find out, you'll see a gesture for exactly what it is. An act of kindness. Reconciliation. This is bullshit, Chris. No, it is. It is one hundred percent bullshit. Well, I mean, the idea of doing nice to somebody who does harm to you—it's an ideal that it's bullshit. It's an ideal that is bullshit. Seems altruistic in its approach. However, usually the person whom you are doing it for is either so empty or so self-absorbed that they never even notice it. They're just like, ooh, a gift. And they just keep it pushing, leaving you to resent the fact that you did it in the first place. Well, Um, I think it's because they presented it wrong in the show. So in in practice, how this should work is that you're doing something good for the person that you don't like as a sign of you forgiving them and moving on. And whether they accept you and forgive you is not, you know, up to you. It's not up to you. And in in this case, it's like children is clearly the worst of this. But the premise of this is for people who have hurt each other or one person has hurt the person who hurt someone the worst is apologizing um, or they've hurt each other equally generally how this would work. So in practice, you know, I get it. It's like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta move on yourself. And this, if this, and if doing something good so that you can wipe, not wipe your hands clean, but essentially be like, listen, I fucked up. I know. And not in this case, but I fucked up. I know I fucked up. If you forgive me or not, that's up to you, but I'm going to try to do what I can to make it up. 
And if that's not good enough, that's all I really can do at this point because I've already did the act that fucked up. But they're applying it in reverse in the show, which makes it sound like bullshit because it's the person that did the, the least harm. I mean, he did technically get his son killed, help get his son killed. But, you know, that was in revenge. And so what uh, Beecher decides to do in order to extend this olive branch to Schillinger, one-sided olive branch, um, ghost branch, um, is he talks to his father, who owns a law firm, I guess, and... Yo, that, talk about somebody typecast. Don't this nigga play a judge and everything? He look like it. <laughs> he like, yo, I know I've seen this dude as a judge in something. I tried to figure out where I knew him from, but I couldn't. But who um, last read it? No, what? What? No, we're talking about we Beach's dad. Oh, Beach's dad. So, um. Beecher goes and talks to his dad and his dad's like, yeah, I'll put our best investigator on it immediately. You know, and I'll put some money on your books. You're looking much better than you did before. I'm very proud of you. Like, it's a good conversation. You shave that ugly ass beard, son. <laughs> you shave them <laughs> fingernails, too. Um, you look like a presentable young man. <laughs> you look like a good white guy. Um, but the problem is Beecher goes back and makes the mistake of telling uh, Keller Yo, that dude was in the Lost Boys. Who, Beecher? Beecher's dad. Was he in uh, Teen Wolf? I feel like he was the father in Teen Wolf. Nah. Uh, he had the face of the father in Teen Wolf. That was weird. I'm trying to find something. There's something that I've seen where he played, where he was like a judge. I don't, I don't know what it was, but I know I've seen something where he played a judge, and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm searching high and low. Oh, okay, keep going. <laughs> Look, I know how you'll react. Jesus, what? I asked my father to locate Schillinger's other son. We discussed this. Yeah, yeah, we agreed. No. We didn't agree. Oh, so now all of a sudden you want to help that fuck Schillinger, huh? No, I want to help us, you and me. I want to stop living every fucking day in fear. Hey, that's what being alive is all about, pal. It doesn't have to be. Chris, sometimes, most times, I wish I could wipe away the past. I wish I could wipe away everything I've done. Everything I've said that hurt the people I love, I wish I could look at people and not see all the hurt they caused me. And maybe, maybe this is the way to start making that wish come true. Are you listening to yourself, man? What are you, Tinkerbell? You wishing upon a star? I'm partially responsible for Andrew Schillinger's death. I need to atone for that. So should you. You know what? Oz didn't make you a bitch. You were born one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Don't call me a bitch. Very much. That's the whole conversation. Don't call me a bitch. Also, uh, Keller is pretty um, possessive. Yes. 
of what he he's like trying to really control what Beecher can and can't do. And I don't like that at all. Like, I'm not cool with that in the least bit. Um, yeah, it's 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 weird. It just kind of came out of him. Like at first he was just happy to be back, and now he's just like, "You mine, don't mm-hmm. do nothing." Oh, I'll you let me you. back in. That means I own you, right? Don't be his bitch. Be my bitch. Yeah, and then like wants to fight and shit. It's just like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. try to, and, and then try to snuggle up later. Like, what the fuck's wrong with you, dog? Should have tried to wrestle him down. Obviously, you're good at wrestling. Like, you should have taken him down. Two point stance, whatever the fuck it is in wrestling. I don't fucking know fuck wrestling, except for the fake wrestling. Like, I've had it in my head all day today about the Ultimate Warrior and how Triple H gave him the pedigree. <laughs> <laughs> And the Ultimate Warrior bounced back up before Triple H could even turn back around to look at him. I can't find a gif of it anywhere, but that shit is eminently gifable. I bounced back from strife like this. And the the complete opposite is The Rock overselling the Stone Cold Stunner. Oh, man, he did a backflip once. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good work right there. That's my man. Don't talk about The Rock. Return to Oswald. We'll be back after this brief break. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasts with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you can get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-o-g-o dot c-o. And be sure to add our podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. Remember those stories you were supposed to read in high school? Oh, uh, Dickens. Poe. That's literally all the names I can think of. Did you read them? Obviously I didn't. Let us read them for you. Uh, that sounds dangerous. What does? Reading. <laughs> it might go badly. But that's half the fun. I'm Ken Sandberg. And I'm Heather Michelle Lawler. Check out Campfire Classics, where we try to read those books that look really good on your shelf. Campfire Classics is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Listen, like, follow. Shh. We're not supposed to talk about that. Do not even let those words come out of your mouth. We're not supposed to talk about that. Do not go there. Don't say anything about it. Hush, no. Naughty. We just Shh. don't need to talk about this right now. Be quiet. Shh. We're not supposed to talk about that. That's really taboo. Don't talk about it. You shouldn't talk about that. Don't talk about that. You aren't supposed to talk about it. We can't talk about that in this house. You shouldn't talk about that. Can we talk about this? We are going to talk about this. Welcome to Taboos, a podcast that discusses taboo culture. We're your hosts, Celeste and Allie. Join us in the exploration of all things society deems as stigmas, controversial, hush-hush, fringe factor, or eyebrow-raising. From pole dancing to politics and everything in between, grab a drink and discuss with us. And as always, do you be taboos. So, 
uh, Shirley got her abortion. Uh, how she actually pulled that out in a mental health facility? I, I don't know. They say suspicious circumstances. Right? Like, there's nothing that can hurt you. There's not even stairs in a mental health facility. They don't, they, they don't want you to be able to do anything. Did we skip over McManus going to talk to Pepper? No, not yet. Okay. Thank you, though. Um, you, you see how many notes I have, right? No, I don't. You know how many notes I take, right? Yes. I'm Do you want how many notes I took for this one? I don't want to know. Let me cook. Okay. Okay. I thought I just thought it happened earlier in the episode. No, it That's my fault. That's my no, fault. No, it yeah. Um but Shirley's going back to Oz and she's on death row again. And the funny part about this is that Natalie now has her old cell because Natalie's in death row for killing uh Napa. And she won't trade with her, which means Natalie went to death row for a pack of cigarettes. Yep. That we're not even sure she actually she got, got to have. Yeah. Because know. it was given to those other people that were in the city. Yeah. I don't, I don't think she ever got to actually uh, get a taste of the Newport madness. Is that what they, I forget what they used to put on the side of the, the, the ads for Newports, but they were just some, off the wall extra credit shit. Newport sensation. Newport <laughs> madness. Newport news. That sounds about right. Taste the rainbow. No, I don't know about that one. But while she's in uh while she's in solitary or while she's in death row in her new cell, she's trying to say hello to everybody. Hi, hi, I'm Shirley. Hi, I'm Shirley. What's your name? Hi, I'm Shirley. And the first guy's like, suck my cock, murdering bitch. <laughs> and, then, and the other guy who is the guy from this. Really? Surprise, motherfucker. Surprise, motherfucker. Absolutely, that's my nigga, yo. He's like, yo, I'm in jail forever. Well, until they kill me. I got two counts of murder on February 3rd, 2000. Um, and I was sentenced to death because my girlfriend was cheating on me with her husband. <laughs> that is crazy. And Shirley is like, um, what? And she's like, and he's like, yeah, I don't, I don't cheat with, I don't cheat on people. I don't cheat on married people. And Shirley was like, oh, a nice guy. That's so he nice. Said, he says, I don't, he says, I don't have relationships with married people. And she was like, that's so nice, which is funny because when Adam BC was like, I'm not married. She was like, you're a nigger. <laughs> Charlie's been awfully nice to Diel to Moses. Well, maybe she maybe she wasn't attracted to Adam BC, and instead of hurting his feelings by telling him no, she, she just called him. He's a nigger. No, that doesn't but hurt think, his feelings because he's told that every day. I think this is a situation to where he seems like the only person that's willing to talk to her. So she's carrying on the conversation. I mean, she don't want to fuck him, but you know, he's seen to be the only person that's willing to talk. True, because even when she was having conversation with Richie, it didn't seem like she liked him at all. But he was willing to talk to her. So, right. Yeah. Um. So the next thing that happens is that Governor Devlin is running for another term. Um. And they bring him. They bring we, him up, but we don't see him. We finding out that uh, that the mole 
is planning on voting for Devlin. At which point- I was first elected governor. Crime was out of control, but we went to work, fighting for three strikes and you're out, so that violent repeat that offenders- That bastard's running for another term after all the crap he's pulled. I'm voting for him. What? Why? Well, things are better now than they were four years ago. Better for whom, not for us. Well, in general, life has improved across the state since Devlin took office. The economy's up, crime is down. You'd actually vote for that asshole? Yes. You can't vote. You were convicted of a felony. You are no it's... longer eligible to vote. Really? Why did it take so really? long? Huh. Well, that's okay. I never used to vote anyway. He probably voted for Trump. Probably. If he could, he would have voted for Trump. That's that's what hit me. Well, now, he... now there's a lot of. I mean, now these days they have uh, they have uh, programs to reinstate their uh, voting rights. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he would vote for Trump. Yeah, because he's a he's a nonviolent offender. Yeah. He's just you know he he likes the tunnels. He hasn't done one in a while. He should get on that. Um, but. Devlin sent his campaign manager in to talk to uh, Warden Glenn. Uh, he wants him to run, well, they're considering him as one of the people to run for Lieutenant Governor alongside Devlin. This in no way is related to the fact that Rock is back and is running against Devlin. In spirit. Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't. You'll find that I'm not the type to dance around. Frank Feely won't be running for re-election as lieutenant governor. We haven't announced this yet to the press, but he has cancer, throat cancer. Pity. I know. He was a great draw for the upstate vote. Governor Devlin has asked me to make a short list of people to replace Frank on the ticket. I'd like to add your name to the list. <laughs> me? Run with Devlin. I know that you and the governor have had your differences in the past, but I also know you're as conservative as he is on most issues. This wouldn't have anything to do with Elva Case announcing he's running against Devlin. Well, I'll be honest, sure. This administration's reputation with the African-American community is a bit tarnished, but deeper than that, I think you'd make a great lieutenant governor. You offering me this? <sighs> no, you're on the list. The convention is two months away. Between now and then, you'd need to increase your public profile. Oh. Well, that's what I'm here for, to walk you through the steps. I'm glad you're interested, Leo. I haven't said that I am. Yes, you have. But after what happens at the end of this episode, you're probably out on the running now. So, you know, totally just exposes Leo as a fucking black Republican. Um, all the stuff I mean, that he's done throughout the I mean, past four seasons makes sense now. His mindset and the way he's leaning. What are you saying, Scar? I mean, that seemed pretty obvious. Yeah. His people don't commit crimes. That's that's a Republican talking point right there. But you say these are not my niggas. Are you a Republican? No, I say those are not my niggas, but like I don't say <laughs> my niggas do not commit crimes. I know some of my niggas do. I'd like to state for the facts that the black people in Oz are not my niggas, the ones that we've met. Besides, um, um, God damn it, how am I forgetting his name? Saeed. Saeed. Besides Saeed, he can, he's one of my niggas. I can, I can rock with Saeed. I can rock with Khan. 
Khan? No, Khan's a racist. I can't rock with Khan. I can't rock with none of these motherfuckers. None of these people. Saeed Saeed just has an affinity for white people, but white women. But he doesn't. He's not anti-black. He just likes white women. So I can, I can, I can, I can accept that. No, I'm gonna all of them. The rest of them? Mm -mm. Nope. None. Okay. Because none of these people can be redeemed at this point. None of these people seem like they can be redeemed. Zero. No, the closest one was Poet, and then he fucked it up. And now he's hanging around Wangler. Uh, Bricks. Is he even Bricks. still Bricks? His name, is, his name will always be Bricks. He's hanging around Bricks. By the way, why are those two niggas who seem to be tough people following around Bricks? Like that one dude got Bricks's baby mama killed and the booty was fucking with. So clearly he, because, because he's Bricks, about that life. Because Bricks was the one who had to deal with the uh, with the Italians for the drugs. They The Italians wanted Bricks because Bricks was young and stupid and easier to control. No, so I'm like, you got to roll, you got to roll, you got to roll with the man that can get access to the drugs. Now, the, the only reason why he has access to the drugs is because he seems to be easily controllable from the Italians. So you roll with the nigga who can get you the drugs. But why is Bricks the one in charge? They just be following behind him because he the nigga that can get you the drugs. Are you not listening to me, sir? He can still get the drugs and not be in charge. The person who can get you the drugs is in charge. Who you think give Adebisi drugs? Bricks. You think Bricks is in charge of Adebisi? No. He don't have to be in charge to get the drugs. You can bully and mush that man to get you the drugs. I will fuck you up, Bricks, unless you get me some tits. But we haven't even seen Adebisi really be about that tit life. No, not anymore, but he was. He was, but we haven't seen him be about that life recently. Even without asking for tits, he bosses bricks around. Had that man tied up naked in the, in the bottom bunk. Niggas walking around, walking around the cell singing, feeling on your booty. Also, we'll get to it soon, but I love Adabisi's plan. This whole time, this whole thing was designed to, or it's either, it was whole thing was either designed or it fell hapless, just like perfect in his lap to get revenge on Bricks for killing his daddy. I think it's. I think it fell perfect. And then, like, when the fuck did O'Reilly? Okay, we'll get to that. Thank you, thank you. I was gonna sit here quietly until y'all stopped. Well, we gotta stop. It's a podcast. There's. It's a review show. Mm-hmm. But you just completed a clip for every single scene, so we need to get some of this shit out of the way. <laughs> well, how about this? McManus goes to Jim Pop to look to Diane, and she's not there, but he talks to off your officer Andrea Felon, who's played by Pepper. By who? Oh, that was Pepper? Yeah, that was Pepper. I, I, I just wanted to point out another rapper. That's it. I'm not even going to play a video. See what yeah, but her, I mean, her husband was Snake. Nope, so. let's stop talking about it. So, McManus is nope. Nope. So, McManus is nope. Nope. Just- nope. Nope. So nope. this scene, I think nope. he just got offended because I said he was gonna play every scene. Nope, I'm not. I don't want you getting offended. I didn't ask you to play nothing. It's a no. podcast, so we talking. You, so I, this I was an interesting no way to write off a character is to say I got married to Dudley Do Right when I wait, was in another country. Wait, are you even gonna let us bring it in? Like we didn't talk about that. I just said he went to look for Diane. You just said that. 
Yeah, I said he went to look for Diane and talked to Andrea Fallon, who's played by Pepper. Oh, well, yeah, you were talking too fast. Because you were angry, so you started talking in speed motion. <laughs> and so I just assumed you speeded right through that part. Nah, McManus has a fucking ring, and he's thinking about proposing to Diane. <laughs> and right when he closes that ring, Sister Pete come in with that news. It tells him that she and Dee Dee are going to stay in London, and that Diane's getting married to a guard of Buckingham Palace after two weeks. <laughs> why didn't they just... Why didn't they just tell the truth? Why didn't they just say, like, she ended up getting married to some wise guy in New Jersey? In New Jersey. He, she's right across the street in Jersey. Oh, is this when the Soprano this started? Soprano started in 1999. This episode came out in 2000. She's gone. Huh. But that means she was in the Sopranos all of the last season, right? Yeah. So she was doing both shows. Look at her getting the bag. Yeah, that's why she, well, was, I mean, if that's why she was barely in the season. She was barely in last season. And also, if you look at it, I mean, when they recorded it, it wasn't, it may not have been at the same exact time. So, and one was a pilot. The other one was in what, his third season. You're going to want to stick around to the other one just in case it doesn't take off. Mm-hmm. But then the Sopranos became everything. And so she was like, yeah, fuck you guys. <laughs> I'm dipping. Mm-mm-mm. They just wrote her off. Quickly. She <laughs> and the way that they wrote her off was just like, wait, what? When the fuck did she get the money to go to London? Right? Like and she broke? Like what wait, the fuck did she get the money to go to London? Did she take the money that fucking that that Schillinger was giving her? Like, wait, what happened? Oh yeah. She went Oh, here we go. Uh, you busy? Uh no, no, no. Come on in. What's the problem? No problem. Hey, uh I just got off the phone with Diane. Yeah, where is she? Well, she's still in London. I just called her hotel. They said she checked out. Yeah. Uh, you know, her two weeks are up. What, what is, she was supposed to come back to work today. What's she still doing in London? Well, you know, she and Dee Dee uh, were standing in front of Buckingham Palace. And uh, she got into a conversation with a guard. I thought they didn't talk. He was on a break. Anyway, um, one thing led to another, and uh, they're going to get married. <laughs> that whole shit just be, sounds improvised. I woke him up with something. You be out here trying to marry niggas in two weeks? Right. Also, we don't, even, we don't even know how long into that two weeks they actually met. Also, you know who got married in two weeks that I just saw that reminds me of this? Shawn Michaels. So it's possible. Which yeah. one? Shawn Michaels, after he retired because of his back injury, he meets the Whisper, who used to be a Nitro girl, right? He meets her. They date for two weeks. Then they went to Vegas and got married at a chapel. But here's what my is thing. the London equivalent of Vegas? Uh, Buckingham Palace, I guess. Here's my thing. There's literally no way that you're sitting here fumbling a ring around in your hands and you don't even know what's actually going on. She calls Sister Pete and lets her know what's going on and doesn't even tell you. That's dirty business. Well, you, this was 1999, so you weren't about to just be making international calls all willy-nilly. She made an international yeah. call to Sister Pete? Yeah, to say, I'm, I'm free! I'm free! And, <laughs> and he made international calls calling her hotel room. Mm-hmm. And here's the other thing. She didn't even like him. 
it was clear when she kissed him in the last episode that they kissed. She was only doing it to spite Claire. It was clear to you. It wasn't clear to him at all. It wasn't clear to him at all. It ain't my fault he ain't smart. Oh. I felt bad for McManus. I did he, not. He was ready to, you know, settle down with the woman of his dreams. He decided she was a woman of his dreams. He had, he had every chance to, to seal the deal. How many, Nick, how many people fuck up? And then they end up getting with the woman that they fucked up with many times, and then I, live I happily no ever clue, after. But I don't see, it see on how TV shows to, all the time. On, I don't see how any of that would lead to happily ever after. Happy ever after. So Kenny uh, gets back into, or Kenny's talking to Adabisi in the um, lunchroom, and he's like, "Yo, when you gonna use a gun?" And that'd be like, be patient. I got a plan. I'm just not going to be the one to shoot the fucking gun. But it's all going to pop off. I just, you need to be patient. It's all going to work out. And then Kenny's like, you also said you're going to get me, Pierce, and Poet back in Emerald City. And Adabi said, I'm going to take care of that too. Just be patient. This shit was also just mwah, masterful of this nigga. But the thing that wasn't masterful was when he, how he went about getting the thread and back in the Emerald City, which was by going to uh, Leo. And because Leo and McManus still have funk, uh, Leo's like, yo, those three are coming back to Emerald City. And even if you don't like it, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm just yeah, telling just, you. It just seems so weird. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it seemed like it was very unnecessary. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I, I guess... And so Kenny comes back to he and Adabisi's pod and immediately asks to see the gun. Um, and then he asks to hold it. And at that point in time, I thought Kenny was about to shoot Adabisi. Um, Adabisi was like, Come I was get acting it. like a kid. Oh, let me see the gun. Like, you ain't no kid with a gun. gun. You want me to believe Bricks never used a gun before? Oh, no, he used a gun. That's the reason, reason why he was here. Yeah. yeah. He but, acted like he'd never seen a gun before. But, you know, you you don't see power like that for a long time. And it's like, yo, let me see the gun. Why didn't he put the gun in the same place they put the CD player? I don't know. Because for some reason, they were able to hide the CD player in the ceiling. Very well, too. Even though he was holding that in his underwear, too. Yes. Um, but the next, smell on everything. <laughs> the next thing that happens is that Lieutenant Daniels and Herc are both in M-City now. Um. Their names here, though, are Desmond Mobay and Ralph Galino. Lieutenant Daniels and Herc are both from The Wire, Scar, just so you know. I've watched The Wire. Okay, I didn't know if you had seen it before because you said you didn't I, make it. I'm just, I'm just not a fan. Okay, cool. But they're both in The Wire. Um, I'm aware. Also, also Mobay, Destiny 2. They're, they're uh, sponsored are Augustus and Chucky, uh, respectively, and Hoyt gets assigned to Gilliam Toront. Uh, and Galino, who is hurt, is a fresh fish, but he hasn't he isn't as fresh as Toront, who is getting punked for his cash by Hoyt fucking immediately. Yo, they sent him to back breaking butt fucking prison because he destroyed a he statue. destroyed a statue. <laughs> Nigga, and, and and not only that, but Schillinger was like you crazy motherfucker. You broke a statue? Oh, you crazy fuck. Who? 
I would have never seen that coming from anybody. You a crazy motherfucker. You the one who broke the statue? Right. Like, come on now. Seriously? It's a fucking statue, Schillinger. You put a tattoo on somebody's ass. Calm the fuck down. But uh, Mobe gets assigned to work in the warden's office. And as it turns out, this nigga's a narc. Surprise, motherfucker. Damn, I got to do something about that delay. Also, he is is the worst narc. He is a narcity narc. And not only that, the nigga knew Say Man won. So he gets uh, locked up and he's like, uh, Glenn is like, yo, you need to be careful because the last uh, undercover we had in here. And by the way, I don't know why we got to have an undercover up in this bitch. But the last undercover we had up in here didn't fare too well. He was like, yeah. I knew him. I knew him well. Don't worry. I'm going to get in good with the gangsters and the bad guys and I'll find something out. And his idea of getting in good with the bad guys is talking to Augustus. Then be the breaks. Who he had just but, been but mean to. But this shit worked. He because Augustus to- fucking stupid. No, Augustus but just said, like, I'm not helping you with this shit. Just sit here and be still. It'll come to you. And the moment he goes away, it comes Rick to comes him. over. Yeah. Now he signals first. Yeah. Brick signal to him. Like, yo, you want some tits? And then they watch him fake take it. Yeah. Like, do they watch everybody take drugs? Well, they want to make sure he's not a narc. But do they watch everybody they give tits to take the tits and make sure? And if they do watch, they did a horrible job. Yeah, the the new new people. Yeah, you got to watch them the first time. Well, they didn't watch very well, obviously. No, well, he did a great job. Huh? He, you know, he hit his nose and did it through the other one. He did the thing, so they couldn't tell. He did, yeah, he did the move, and he, then he even wiped his nose like like that. You know what? Not only was he in the wire, but prior to being in Oz, he was also in the corner. So he's good with heroin. If y'all have never seen the corner, you need to. That's the one of the best miniseries I've ever seen. And it was made by the guy who made the wire. Anyhow, um, Galeno, somehow, this dude who's literally the square square in the world next to... Uh, he also works at the Continental. Gil. Hmm? He also works at the Continental. And John, and John Wick? Mm-hmm. Oh, you're talking about Lieutenant Daniels. Mm-hmm. No, I'm talking about Galeno. You know. Um, Galeno is a fucking, like, herb. Like, he's... I don't know. Like, he's wet behind the ears like a motherfucker. Chucky comes up to him and he's like, hey, man, who brought you in? Who you connected with? And he tells Chucky, we're not all stereotypes, man. Some of us don't like the mob. Yeah. I'm better than you. I got a real job. I forgot he played in power, too. And so, uh, next thing that happens is Galeno's on a cell phone and Stan comes in and he's like, hey, man, I don't want you to get in trouble for having that cell phone. Why don't you go ahead and give it to me? (laughs) And he's just like, thank you for taking this shit away from me. I won't even say who I won't even say how I found it. I'll just turn it in. That way you won't get in trouble. Let me get the charger, too. Yeah, that's fucking stupid. And so, yeah. And then the, the real question is, like, he was just sitting there using the phone. So, like, was it illegal? He didn't know. I'm sorry, sir. I didn't know I couldn't do that. 
Right. And so um, next thing we do is we find out that Gil, that's what I'm going to call him, was convicted of destruction of private property uh, and concealment of a deadly weapon. What that means is he walked into a museum where the Statue of David was and he pulled out a hammer and he broke the Statue of David apart. It was that's Hermes. concealment of a deadly weapon. It was Hermes. It was, that was Hermes? Yep. Oh, cool. He had, Whatever. He had, on, he had on the helmet with the wings. I saw the dick. I figure the dick uh, statue was David. Nope. Same, similar statue, but he had on the helmet with the wings, so it's Hermes. Oh, okay. So he was convicted of 10 years and he left for parole in three. You've already heard the rule. If they say somebody's name, either they're going to be there for a long time and have a big storyline or they're going to die immediately. The next thing that happens is that Kenny goes to try and talk to Gil, but Gil ain't having it. He's like, get the fuck away from me. So Pierce and Poe pull up on his ass as well and they tell him offer me your shoes because this is totally how this works and it literally works because when he gives up his shoes he goes and he snitches to McManus and McManus is like I can't do nothing every witness is out there is going to say that they heard you say you could have my shoes but I don't want those three which motherfuckers the most, in here either which is the most bullshit <laughs> fucking excuse <laughs> ever but I don't want these three motherfuckers in here either. But, you know, if, if there's any information you could tell me to get these three out of M-City, please let me know. And Gil's like, what the fuck, man? You want to help me and you want me to snitch? But the next thing that happens is that Gil is in the gym and uh, Kenny pulls up to play one-on-one with him. And the next thing that happens is like a whole bunch of comedic shorts with a whole bunch of PowerPoint star wipes. Pretty much. Where... Poet kneels down behind Gil, and so uh, Bricks knocks Gil over Poet's back, <laughs> and uh, and Bricks blocks Gil's shot, ha ha ha, star wipe. And um, then after that, for some reason, Gil leaves this place bruised and bloodied as fuck. Ryan sees this and wants McManus to get Gil out of M City. And McManus like, get the fuck out of my face. But Ryan, who's a snake, he sees opportunity. And he gives Gil some drugs to hold him down. He also gives him the advice, when an opportunity presents itself, grab it. And he tells him. Hmm? This this bothers me so much. Well, for me, that's that's Ryan's whole mindset. When an opportunity presents itself, you got to grab it. So Ryan was in cahoots with. Adabisi, Adabisi, that's, that's what I'm saying. That 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 part bothers me because Adabisi has been cl- keeping it, all of this shit close to his vest. And like he has only been, t- we've only seen him talk to them about the gun. Mm-hmm. The, the, the Three Stooges. Mm-hmm. We've only seen him talk to the Three Stooges about the gun. And it's obvious that he knows about this because after he does all of that, he walks past and he gives him the nod like that's your, that's your mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, like it's it's like the water boy. Where's my bitch? Where's my bitch? You know what I mean? Like that's exactly what happened. But if Adabisi is working on behalf of the blacks, why is he working with Ryan? Ryan. Exactly. That is my issue. Why you get everything one of your is, own killed? Everything is supposed to be separated down these lines, but he has to have it be across these lines because a racial a racial incident is what's going to set this shit off. So I understand that. Yeah, and he said that it's going to take the right person shooting, but it can't be me 
doing it. And so what happens is that Gil is in the dark reading a book in his pod. And right when he's about to get in the bed, he pulls back the cover and Adebisi's gun is in his bed. And does the right fucking thing immediately puts that shit under his pillow. But here's the thing. They're banking a lot on a dude that we've already seen will snitch and is in here for a very small infraction. Yeah, but he got to make it to snitch. You know, you know, Wangler and them are going to be on his ass whenever he walks out and, of that fucking and, place. And still don't understand. Well, they did beat up. Uh, they, they did beat up on uh, Rebido for a while when he first got there, too. So, yeah, they're just predators. Yep. But um, Adebisi and Ryan, as we said, have set this whole thing up. And so the next day, Kenny, Poet and Pierce run up on Gil to get his new shoes. New shoes, new shoes. And Gil tells him to back up. They don't. They have him blocked in at the stairs. What you are now? And Gil pulls out his gun. Gilly's got a gun. So I pull out my gun. And he shoots Kenny and he shot Pierce. And then he fired off shots wildly. And then he shot a black CO that wasn't even doing anything. Yeah, why the CEO had to be black? It was probably three days until he was going to retire and shit. (laughs) He was just saying right before this man get too old for this shit. (laughs) And so uh, after that, after he shoots the black CEO and takes his top off, like dude is dead. Um, He shoots Keller and Beecher drags Keller to safety like this is fucking nom and shit. And um, doesn't he drag Keller by the arm that just got shot? He got shot in the shoulder. He yes, he does. Back. But, you know, in, in these circumstances, you do what you got to do. You I do mean, what you got to do to play. Fuck. I missed an opportunity. What you're fucking told. So, uh, after he drags, after Beecher drags Keller to safety, I counted. That's 14 shots fired. Kenny and Pierce are dead, but Kenny will wake up in Baltimore. Um. And the sort team comes in uh, and they surround Gil, who I thought was probably going to get a burger from Burger King, was going to get taken out peacefully, which probably would have happened, except for the fact that he went all the way up the stairs to Adebisi's cell and stood right in front of Adebisi's pod with Adebisi standing directly behind him. This is symbolic, y'all. Why didn't they shoot him? This symbolic, I don't know, because he's white. Um, But this symbolic, they, they watch him go all the way up. So then he's standing right behind or right in front of Adebisi who set this whole thing up. He puts the gun in his mouth and he pulls the trigger. Question is, why the fuck didn't that bullet go straight through him and into Adebisi? Yeah, got stuck in his brain. Because we know, um, I mean, we know that at least you can get a chair through that motherfucker. Definitely a bullet can go through. Mm-hmm. And if, it's, if the blood splatter was like that, it didn't get stuck in his brain. That went through. So that should have taken out Adebisi. That was what I was looking at. Um, and Adebisi didn't flinch at all. Because, like I said, symbolic, Adebisi standing right there looking like this is this was my plan. Two guys that I didn't like in the first place are dead. Poet is all alone with his skin returned, but he's all alone. And some random dude, like this shit was random happenstance as fuck. You couldn't have said this was my plan three fucking weeks ago. I think them niggas had on makeup. It was pancake number nine. Really? And but- <laughs> <laughs> and what's, what's that? What's that? That's that's Little Richard, right? I don't know what number it is. I don't know, but 
there's no way that he could have planned all this when he had um, Kenny tied up in the bed. Obviously. That's when he first told Kenny he had a plan. Yeah, but like he when that when that gun got left on him, then he adjusted his plan. This man is a super villain. He planned that shit out. Right. We're gonna find out that he had Gil come in there. And then we're gonna see in another cutscene that he told Kenny, those are some nice shoes. You should get them for the culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He set it all up. We're gonna get the flashbacks. Mm-hmm. But overall, that ain't gonna happen until next season. Overall, like I said, this should have been the <laughs> finale because that felt like a finale type episode with Wangler getting oh, shot to get McManus out of charge to get a black person who you don't know is going to be good in charge. When the one black person that you do know that's in charge is the warden, is terrible. Yeah. He's not out here helping the black people. McManus has been helping y'all more than that nigga. Yeah, but this is really just to get Kenny out the way. Yeah. I think he want, he wanted to do the thing with McManus, but he also took an opportunity to get Kenny up out the paint because he wanted to end that nigga for the longest. But so did All he, he see Kenny was... bullying Gil and he was like, you know what, Ryan, talk to him, snake him, so then he'll take the gun? I just don't see the Ryan connection to this. Right? I just don't. Like, I, there's no reason why Ryan should be connected with this, but obviously he is. Ryan's connected in everything because everything is everything has been based along racial lines, and that is that's crossing swords. You cannot right now with the the, the way that the the prison is right now, you can't be out here crossing swords. It's the same way that uh, Augustus sees everything. Ryan is involved in everything. That's the only way I could think of it. Yeah, but uh, Brandon, who was your MVP for the episode? At a BC, Indeed. he he got his way. Yep, he got everything he wanted out of this. Everything, and clean I wonder if, too. If they were, if this was a real show, if this was a, if this was a better show, I like the show. But if this was a, like a really good show, they would they would tie this back to um, the dude. Yeah, I fucking to, to Clayton, to Clayton, and be like, what the fuck? This we we saw the but we got the gun. Obviously, this is a state-issued gun, unless Clayton brought in his own piece and dropped it off, which would be even more ridiculous. I'm just going to go out on a limb because Scar hasn't said it yet, and I thank him for it. (laughs) But he did say that the shit that happens to Clayton is going to be fucking hilarious. I don't think they're done with Clayton yet. I think Clayton's going to end up in fucking prison. I think he's going to end up in prison. He's going to end up in Oz because of this shit. They're not done with Clayton. And I can't wait. <laughs> I I'm can't saying, wait. I'm, I'm saying nothing. I'm not saying whether you're right or wrong. I'm just saying the shit's hilarious. <laughs> so, I'll take that. So um, let's see. So they've this will probably be the 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 spark that starts the riot off. I don't know why. I guess the well, yeah, because the brothers would be mad about uh Kenny getting killed. Oh, I do have something to say about that last scene. Yes, I love my man Chris Maloney. Mm-hmm. However, his acting in that scene was horrible. Uh, he got uh, it made uh, no face. Uh, it was just like, oh, uh, you're dragging me by yeah. the arm. I got shot in. Oh, uh, uh, he's he's gonna say he's in shock. Oh, uh, 
He just got shot. He was in shock. Uh, it was shocking that he acted that badly. Uh, I was very disappointed in my man. But yeah, so in this episode, just like that, we lost uh, Whittlesey, we lost Bricks, and we lost Pierce. So let's have a commemorative moment of silence. No, we, we lost Gil. Who? Gil. The one who popped himself? Oh, and Bevel Aqua. Yeah, I forgot. I completely forgot about him. Aquaman. Aquaman. I mean, Bevel Aqua has more uh, tenure than Gil. And what year was this episode? 2001? 2000. Oh, 2000. Yep, July 12th. All right. Uh, we want to thank each and every one of y'all for listening to the show. If you want to leave a review, you can go ahead and go to Podchaser. Uh, Podchaser, you can leave a review for separate uh, episodes, or you can leave a review for the show as a whole. Uh, you can also go to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or um, there's other places. Um, Scar, are you still doing the sale? Yes, it's through the rest of May. Okay. Um, May Mayflowers with an S25. Still in the uh, show notes. We're going to leave it right there. Uh, okay. Brandon, you got anything coming up? Um, we're gonna talk about nobody sometime this week. Yes. Um, on Voodoo, we're still showing his uh, rental only. So, and we um, I did a show yesterday with Old Man Wade. That's well, dope. not yesterday, but I've done a show with Old Man Wade, so check it out. It's fun. We talk about sex dolls that are gonna have microtransactions. Wait, wait, it's just the tip, like two dollars, and the whole thing is like eight. Microtransaction sex dolls. That's right. I can't wait. I mean, not to use it. I just, you know what? Fuck that conversation. I'm done with this. This is awkward. Um, thank you all, all for listening. We greatly do appreciate it. Um, Brandon is on Twitter at that cool blick nerd. That's B-O-K. Scar's on Twitter at Scarfinger, but he's usually not on there because it's the Wild Wild West, so y'all would have to find him on Facebook. Good luck. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Rashani, and the show is Return to Oswald. You can also email us at return to Oswald at gmail.com. If you want to leave a voicemail, the voicemail number is area code 916-633-1537. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Please let five of your friends know about it so then we can only get bigger um and we'll holler at y'all next week y'all be good peace peace out Simulcast. Don't know by now that you're